Welcome to Eyes West, the podcast for movers looking for a new place to live in the American West and the best connections to get it done. Here's your host, Dick Crawford. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Eyes West. This is Dick Crawford, and today's introduction was from today's guest, Alex Muggenthaler from Front Range Lending in Colorado. Alex and I have trained in the same network for many years, and he serves many of my fellow agents out there in Colorado, and that's why I trust him and invited him to talk with us about lending today. Today's episode is a fantastic opportunity to get to know Alex and the way that he operates as a lender. You've got to be comfortable with your lender, people. You really need to be comfortable with your lender. And this is a perfect opportunity to hear from a great one. So, Alex, thank you for being on the program. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Dick. Excellent to have you with us. Good to have a lender on the show. Let's jump right in. Where are you in your lending career today? Well, I am uh, just over 20 years into my career. It started uh, 20 years ago this month of October. Um, and the reason I got into it was because of 9-11. I was working for a uniform supply company selling uh, three- to five-year contracts for people to uniform their, their folks. And uh, unfortunately, when 9-11 hit, I wasn't selling anything long-term. And so I saw an opportunity to get into lending, and I did. Um, by way of the person that had done my first mortgage, so by referral is how I got into the lending business. And he was part of the uh, same coaching company that you and I were introduced through. So I started off with the referral business right away. Um, I worked for a large bank for the first seven months, and then I started uh, my company, Front Range Lending, uh, shortly thereafter. So I've had my own uh, mortgage company since September of '02. Very good. You just jumped in with both feet. That's fantastic. You, you took a little pivot there, or a big pivot, I should say, changed careers, and liked it so much you opened your own company. That's very good, and you've been doing that for 18, 19 years now. That's, That's right. Really yes. Well, give me a brief profile on how you operate. What's your approach to the lending business? Well, my approach is different than uh, I would say most uh, because it's only by referral. So I don't advertise. This would be a considered a form of advertisement, which is very welcoming because it is technically a referral from you to your audience. You won't find me uh, doing any kind of pop-up ads or anything like this or any kind of signage. Um, I try to make sure that the people I'm working with are people that I know already that are referring me to them. So um, my, my biggest referral agents are past clients, their children, their coworkers, and then, of course, real estate agents. Um, I work very closely with some financial planners, also a CPA, and some other uh, key businesses um, that are you know, symbiotic as far as, hey, you know, I've got somebody that needs to do a refinance or home purchase. And you are licensed in the state of Colorado. Does your mm -hmm. company do any lending outside of Colorado? We do not. Uh, yeah, so I, I do just want to say this. I, I really lend to every single city within the state. So whether it's a, a Denver metro referral, right, the main part of the state that's the most populated, and then, of course, um, the mountain properties, that's a lot of second homes for people throughout the United States. So I do, I do the entire state. That's very good. So all of your, your customers, your loyal customers are coming back to you. If, you uh, if they need a loan outside of Colorado, you've got people you can send them to. That's very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I've got a, a database of people that do exactly what I do in other states. If it's in Florida or uh, California, it doesn't matter. 
um, I'm happy to help them so they're not going on the internet trying to find somebody. I can still have a referral for them to make a good introduction to somebody that's uh, ethical and, and great at what they do. Boy, listen up, people. That's so important. Oh, my gosh, especially on getting a loan and, of course, buying a house. But for getting a loan, you've got to go with somebody that you trust, and a referral is a great way to go. It just keeps things, I don't know, keeps things on the rails. Good to know you can refer somebody good outside, outside of Colorado, Alex. Thanks. Uh, what about the lending industry? How has that changed since you started 20 years ago? It's changed uh, significantly. It was um, the Wild West uh, when I got into it. It was, um, you know, the, and I'll, I'll say this because it's, you know, the joke was if you can fog a mirror, you can get a, a mortgage, you know, in the early 2000s. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, that was true. So that box has significantly shrunk uh, when the recession hit. And I always say seven, eight, nine, and 10, uh, that's when it was a very abrupt uh, reaction to what had been going on. And I welcomed it because it helped make sure that you really could afford the mortgage that you were getting into. Um, and then since then, I mean, it's almost 10 years later, right? It's, it is 10 years later. It's lightened up a bunch. It's not, you can fog a mirror and get a loan anymore. That, those days are done, which is really good for the consumer. We're a lot more regulated now than we had to be. I wasn't even licensed. I didn't have to be when I started in the business. It wasn't a thing. Uh, in some states it was, but in Colorado it wasn't. And um, I was always pushing uh, legislation to make sure that we did get licensed because that pushed a bunch of the people that shouldn't have been doing lending out of the business. So as far as changes, um, you can still do conventional. You can do you know, non-owner occupied or investment properties, second homes, FHA, VA, um, all those things still exist. It's just compared to 20 years ago, it's a little bit more difficult to get it, but yet it's not that difficult at all if you have you know, somebody like myself guiding you in the process. And as a result, it's a much healthier uh, industry and a much healthier environment as a result of those, those hurdles that people need to clear. Absolutely. It's very clear you know, how you can qualify for a loan. There's not, probably there's not as much gray area anymore. And again, that just helps us to say up front, yes, I think you can get a loan or no, I don't think you can. And here's, uh, you know, here's how you can get to a yes. So that's one thing I want to say I differentiate myself from others is if it is a no, I tell them how to get to a yes instead of saying, I'm sorry, I can't help you get your mortgage. See you later. Exactly. Or, yeah, you're just so far gone, I don't even want to deal with you. Uh, But no, it's more like, okay, yeah, you're a little bit behind the eight ball. Here's what we can do. And I love that response because that's how I deal with my buyers too is get pre-approved and find out what the industry says you can do and then ask what it will take to improve your your profile. So very good to hear that from a lender's side. It's so important. Uh, what about the technology that's been, that has changed since then? That's, that's, that's pretty much sped up the process, I think. Is that right? Yeah, so it's interesting Technology has always been on a lender's side. It's just a lot of people really like the face-to-face thing, and I still do that as, as much as I can. Um, in fact, I would rather, but obviously, you know, sometimes you can't. So, uh, and that's where my far-reaching clients within the state, technology is, is fantastic. So you can take a picture of your documents and then upload them into a secured file that I provide with, for everybody just put it in the Google Drive or the Dropbox or whatever we're using. Literally, if you have a phone, you can do anything that we could have done 20 years ago except with your phone. Technology has helped us so much to be more efficient 
it's really seamless process now. And I can say that from an agent's perspective too. It's just amazing how it has changed and made it so much easier for everybody. So that's good to hear. How have these, um, all these changes impacted the, the different types of buyers? I mean, you've got first-time buyers, move-up buyers, et cetera. How have these changes impacted them? First-time buyers are usually a bit younger, a little bit more savvy with technology. And with that said, um, you know, anybody that's not as technology savvy as, as others, regardless of age or first time, second time, et cetera, we guide them through it. And if it's a matter of I can't do this or something like that, it's okay. We use you know, FedEx if they want to print the documents and they're on, on the other side of the state um, or we're in a situation where we really can't meet to face-to-face for whatever reason, put them in the mail if you're close or I can go pick them up from you. You know, we, we serve all kinds of buyers and uh, people that are refinancing their home to make sure it's as seamless as, and, and painless as possible. And you make a, uh, make a point earlier about the changes to the industry in terms of what it takes to get a loan. Mm. How have those regulations, uh, those changed regulations and shall we say tightened regulations, how have those impacted the different types of buyers? Okay, bottom line is it protects the consumer. Because of that, um, again, they might not like it because maybe their debt-to-income ratio or DTI, that's a term that we use, you know, your income versus what kind of debt load you carry that shows up on a credit report. If for some reason the debt-to-income ratio is not where it needs to be, then we have to, you know, make changes so that it gets there. And the reason that that specific guideline is in there is so that they, in fact, can't afford this mortgage and everything else that they're paying for each month. So again, it's, it's a protection so they don't get over leveraged, whether it's a first-time home buyer or somebody that's retired and everybody in between. So it's just a matter of everybody has to sit up, sit up a little straighter and pay a little bit closer attention because the regulations are there. But in the long run, it's much better for everybody. Whether it makes it tougher or not, it's much better, much healthier for everybody. That's exactly right. Yeah, we don't want to see what we saw 12 years ago. No. No. Well, maybe the maybe the flipper industry would like to see it because they don't have anything to buy right now. But those are not the only people. Usually they're cash buyers and I don't have to, I shouldn't say I don't have to, I don't work with them anyway. What about the other side? What part of lending has stayed the same all those years? The generic 30-year fixed, right? That's when people say, what are rates today? Whether they know it or not, they're referring to a 30-year fixed mortgage. Um, that still exists I have a few lenders that actually can do a hybrid anywhere from 10 years up to 30. So I do have those uh, capabilities, which is fun. And what, mm-hmm. uh, what trends are you seeing out there among buyers? I mean, first-time buyers, are they waiting longer to get their loans like it seems? Are there gifts from parents and grandparents? What's going on there? Uh, gifts are definitely something that um, for the past couple of years, it's been you know white hot. It hasn't been a hot market. It's been white hot. So that's been an anomaly um, but when it's in a hot market or a normal market, gifts are, are, are not an issue. Um, again, the documentation for a gift is a little bit more stringent than it had been, say, a decade ago. You, know, you just have to basically paper trail where the money comes from. And do you see the down payments uh, higher or lower, or are they you know, kind of a mishmash across the board? Well, in the, in the current market, my typical clients are 5%, 10%, 20% or more. But typically, and I'll say the best bang for your buck is starting at that 5% down level. And then if you can go 10%, there's no difference in rate or advantage if you do, say, 7.5% down. There's no uh, tier for that. Okay, and same with 
between a 10 and a 20% down. There's no advantage of doing 15% down other than if you have a set amount that you really want to put down, that's fantastic. It'll affect the payment. It'll go lower, but it's not going to affect the rate per se. That's interesting. Is, is there a break at all in the rate uh, as you go higher or is it pretty close all the way along the line? The rate increases the less money you put down. If you put 20% down, your rate's going to be lower than if you put 10% down or 5% down. How about beyond 20? If somebody comes in, you know, they just sell their house and they've got a bundle of cash and they want to put a yeah. large, you know, 50, 60% down payment. Does that affect the rate? It can. It's a broad, that's a broad question. If it is, it's nominal. It's not a significant amount, but as soon as you go, I would say 25% and beyond, and I'm speaking very generally here, so I want to sure. be careful. It's a slippery slope, right? But anything more than 25% down, all things considered, you're going to see the same interest rate. Okay. Now, Colorado certainly has its share of people moving in from other states. How can you help somebody from out of state get a loan for their purchase, you know, in Boulder, Denver, Colorado Springs? How can you help people from around the state? Or excuse me, how, well, how can you help people who are moving in from other states yeah, get a loan anywhere? Right. It goes back to your tech, our technology conversation. It's all about technology at that point, and it's, it's very easy. We don't have to meet face-to-face in a, again, a positive way. They don't have to come here and sign things. You know, we can use uh, electronic signatures for most of the documentation. In fact, all of it that we have leading up to, you know, the, the mortgage being final approved. We make it as simple as, as we can for them. So whether they're down the street, right, in Parker, Colorado or Denver to um, a mountain town within the state, which is several hours away, or again, they're in Texas, California, Midwest, you know, wherever they're coming in from, right? It doesn't matter. It's because of technology. Yeah, I'm looking at the map. You got Durango and Grand Junction and up to Steamboat and Fort Collins and, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. uh, you got all over the place. So that's that's good to know that you can just serve people because you don't have to be boots on the ground like a real estate agent does or like an appraiser does. You just got to work within the within the boundaries and regulations of the state of Colorado and you're good to go anywhere. <laughs> That's exactly right. And that's why I can say I specialize in the state of Colorado because I've seen mountain properties with well and septic tanks versus, you know, in the city, we don't have any of that, right? I have to know a lot more about the state because of the different types of uh, possible road bumps along the process. Uh, just a kind of a perspective from you, do you have a sense of the demographic makeup of people who are moving into the state or, or the people who you work with who are coming in from out of state? Is it young, old? <laughs> families, retirees? What's the mix? Well, the mix is pretty much the entire gambit. Most people think that first-time homebuyers are young, but in the past year, I actually had a couple that was in their 50s, and they were first-time homebuyers. Okay. And they were just as nervous as a 20-something or 30-something first-time homebuyer couple, right? Yeah. So obviously, I mean, we're, we're able to serve them just as much as, as we're serving somebody that's on their, I don't know, fourth or fifth property, whether it's a primary residence, second home, investment properties, et cetera. So how do you counsel people when they're considering a 15, 20, or 30-year loan when they're trying to, to decide which would be better for me? What are the important variables between those, those types of loans that sh- someone should consider? Yeah, I would say the stage or season in life that they're in is, is number one because of multiple factors. One is their income. The other one is you know their time uh, between now and retirement. And um, that's when I work with their financial team if I need to. 
I'll get on the phone with their financial planner, even if they're out of state, and say, hey, what's your plan for them so that I advise them correctly? Because I'm not a financial planner. I want to make sure that we're on the same team and on the same page. And I will say that in the past, again, living and working through the Great Recession and then recently, um, and I call them rainy days, right? So the rainy days come now twice in my career, right? One was in the recession and then the other one was, was during the pandemic. People lost jobs, right? They got significant hour cuts, you know, things like this uh, in both cases. So I remind them, um, I just say, hey, if that rainy day comes again, do you want to have that payment at a 15-year fixed or do you want to have a 30-year fixed? Because you can always pay extra. So, yeah, we, we work very closely with them when they're making the decision as, as far as the term of the loan. And that's a, that's a very important distinction that you brought up right there, the, just the ability to pay more on the 30-year loan uh, whenever you wish, even if you want to make it regular practice. But if that rainy day hits, you don't have to make that payment. You can make it a regular 30-year payment, not a, an accelerated payment. That's a big pivot that a lot of people don't think about. They just think, oh, I want to get that low interest rate and get that thing paid off in 15 years. Well, that's good, but be strategic about it. Understand that those rainy days are going to come. In my personal experience, it's pretty much every decade. So a 15-year fixed, you're going to have another rainy day. I'm not a financial analyst, but again, in my experience, (laughs) every 10 to 12 years, you're going to have something. So you're going to have another rainy day before the end of the term of that loan. So... Again, we're, we're looking out for the well-being and security of our clients. How about construction loans? Do you, is there a way that you can help with construction loans? I can help lead them to a uh, bank or institution uh, that can help with that. Uh, Front Range Lending does not do construction loans. If I have to say no to them, I'd rather lead them to this yes, which would be, hey, call up so-and-so at such-and-such bank. Um, so I, I am an, an advisor in this situation. It's just I won't get that business, and that's okay. It's all about the referral relationships. Exactly, and it's all about making sure that people land on both feet, whether it's in your office or somebody else's office. So that's, mm-hmm. and that's what keeps them coming back. Exactly. And real quick, the same thing goes for a HELOC, um, a home equity line of credit. That's a second lien position. Again, I can refer them to an institution that does great work with uh, HELOC or second mortgage uh, loan products, something we don't do at Front Range Lending. Much better to get a referral than to get it off of a billboard as you're driving by. So (laughs) good to hear it. It's nice to have somebody with good connections. Let's go to the to the burning question, uh, now that interest rates are pretty seriously poised to, uh, to rise, explain how a buyer can lock the rate to protect themselves during the loan process. I'll, I'll go with a, a refinance first, okay, just because it's, and then I'll go into the purchase. So refinance, as soon as we know, meaning collectively, that they're going to move forward with the refinance, I lock the rate that day. Again, I like for the security of the client saying, hey, let's lock in this payment because that's really what they're concerned with. Typically, locks go 30, 45, and 60 days. And then as far as purchases, we don't lock the loan until they're actually under contract because in order to lock a loan, you have to have a property address. If you don't have a property address, and it's, it's starting up again where banks are doing um, what are called lock and look. There's some banks that do it, most don't especially because interest rates are going up. They were doing a lot of lock and looks, which means go out and find a house. 
uh, when rates are going down because sure. it was to their advantage, right? Sure. You know, so when rates are going up, as soon as you're under contract, that's when I go in and lock your interest rate in. I usually call up the client or we've had a conversation saying, hey, I'm going to lock this in as soon as I can. And then I do, and then we get the process started. So, you know, until you have a contract in place, we're not allowed to lock that loan in because we don't know what the property address is going to be in. Chances are they're going to close on that house as opposed to, no, I don't have a house yet, but I'd still like to lock my rate. Uh, makes perfect sense. Yeah. What do you see ahead in the mortgage business? How's the industry and its loan products uh, going to change, do you think? As far as ahead, we're touching on it quite a bit as far as concerns people most, which is the interest rate itself. I can also say that I know that taxes and insurance are always going to increase, whether it's every year or every other year. That's just the way it is. Homeowners insurance is what I mean. And then as far as loan products changing, I mean, if there's going to be any loan product changes, they're going to be healthy. And I talked about a little bit in the beginning where if you want to do a 23-year loan term versus a 20-year, 25, or 30, those are the typical loan terms in the, you know, historically, that's healthy. That's a fun thing to be able to say, hey, I can get you a 23-year term because you're seven years into it. Now you're not going to lose and hit the reset button on another 30-year fixed. Um, some of the banks I work with are working on basically starting up their own appraisal management companies. Those types of changes are going to be great. Well, sir, we've talked about a whole bunch of things today. Is there anything that you'd like to add, maybe something that we didn't touch on? Well, I'm never too busy for anybody's referrals to Colorado, whether it's with a, a real estate agent, obviously a purchaser, or refinance. Um, I'm happy to, to be their, their voice and their connection here. Well, Alex Muggenthaler from Front Range Lending in Colorado, thank you for being on the show today. I enjoyed catching up. We saw each other back in May at, at our big event in uh, Scottsdale. It's good to catch up. So thank you very much. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you having me on the show. It means a lot, Dick. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Alex Muggenthaler from Front Range Lending in Colorado. And you can tell he's a very experienced lender and a personable professional looking out for your best interests, of course, and he is ready to help you throughout Colorado and in other states if you uh, need a referral. If you'd like a formal introduction to Alex, please feel free to contact me or your local agent. And of course, we'll be happy to hook you up and Alex will be happy to consult with you. To understand the real value of using a, a lender that, who's known to me and my colleagues, listen to the first episode of Eyes West. It's called the Eyes West Resource, and I make a few points in that talk that are applicable to both agents and lenders. And the most important one is the value of relationships when uh, buying or selling or financing your home. And in, in this case, you can see why the lender relationship is so important. Whenever searching for Eyes West, be sure to enter it as one word and know that our Facebook page is called Eyes West Podcast, and you can see all the episodes and a few more things there. To learn a little bit more about me, you can Google me as Dick Crawford Realtor. I'm always available for your real estate needs here in North Orange County in California, and I have trustworthy colleagues throughout California who can help in areas outside my expertise. That's all for today, folks. Thank you very much for joining us, and until next time, be good, be well, and be safe.